0: Guy, baby, we've done it. Yeah, man. That's we've, all the emmanuels we're going to watch. We just watched the first one again to bookend it. Pretty I feel pretty, um, so good.
1: Pretty dedicated from us to, to go back for a little bit more medicine. I guess not entirely out of keeping with um, previous seasons, but it was a beautiful and intriguing bookend um, to the season. And also... It almost risks, in my eyes, elevating the entire experience into something beyond (laughs) a huge and infuriating waste of time and, dare I say, becomes
0: art? Oh, no. Are we jeopardizing the core tenant of this podcast that it is a huge waste of everybody's time, mostly our own? I'm afraid we might be. Nothing will reclaim the hours I spent not... Masturbating or enjoying myself while I watch these uh, pornos—that's true. But to be fair, you also didn't masturbate while watching the other films: Grown Ups Two, Sex in the City Two, Sex in the City One, and We that's Are Your Friends. Not really
1: for you to say, Tim.
0: I was with you for I would say three quarters of the watches. That's right, and even and on totality. some of those
1: watches, you'd nip off to the bathroom. Yeah, etc. Um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But no, I no, just, no.
0: Let's not brush past it. You would. I'd masturbate in your bathroom breaks. Yes, to completion, <laughs> always. It frustrates me that you wouldn't excuse yourself to the bathroom and masturbate in there, rather wait for monster. me to go. I'm
1: not grotesque. Well, you
0: kind, of, well, you kind of are because that means you're masturbating in what, like my the lounge? lounge, yes, or, yeah, which which seems infinitely more ghastly. Oh,
1: come on, Tim. It's either that, and I do it in secret and tell you later, or I look like I'm taking a lot of bathroom breaks. I'm not going to embarrass myself like that.
0: No You've got way, me no there. How. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: But in doing this, in yes. returning to the 1974 feature film directed by Just Jackin that uh, s- started this entire journey, we've traveled through time, genre. We've sort of watched um, the various and different mutations.
0: Do you know of- what we've traveled through more than anything, though? production values yeah there wasn't a visible green screen here that hadn't been keyed in i didn't see any light stands there weren't people who were like visibly forgetting their lines and just sort of making something up on the fly this is
1: exactly the thing i'm sort of getting at. it's like it's incredible what a movie this was
0: oh yeah and it's
1: incredible to like to see you know through all the permutations it's incredible to see if you take out all of the stuff, stuffing, all the connective tissue from the middle, and you just think of Emmanuel's chocolate factory versus Emmanuel <laughs> nineteen seventy four, yeah, what is there to tell you or anyone that
0: these properties are linked? Uh, I've got my hand in the air, Mr. Montgomery. Please, Tim, go ahead. The name Emmanuel. That's right. Undeniable. Two Ms. Two Ls. Um. But that is it. That's yeah. literally it. Well, and the loose concept of, I guess, being naked in a movie. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's pretty much it. Yeah. That. I, I, yeah, I mean, the nudity It's you take the nudity as red. But it's just and like it, – What's interesting as well and kind of satisfying is that it is a pretty linear decline across the years. So, like, this is without question the high-water mark – and then uh, the George Lazenby ones on a plane recounting with the different people; those are like a lot worse. Mm-hmm. I mean, we enjoyed Emmanuel in space, but I think for kind of different reasons, <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like, "This is funny," but you're not trying to be funny; you just, yeah, uh, you know. But
1: I no those honestly; those were um, like an. In- a turning point for the series and almost at an inflection point where it stopped being like those were fun. Yeah. And those were actually, I would say almost what the prompt was for the season, which is those are the the movies we sort of remembered watching. And they were a great blend of like, um, like sort of self-referential comedic tones, still some eroticism. Um, and like a semblance of a plot, like it, it was far fetched, but it, it, every movie kind of made sense unto itself, and it sort of yeah. began to unravel after that. And I, uh, but th- those like those made sense to me to an extent. It's just like it's, I find it really satisfying that we've we've bookended the the series with um this film, and like it's interesting to consider all of the ones that we've collected along the way. Yes, I actually am trying to get book are, we,
0: we guy, we much like Mario, we are collectors, but we collect experiences. That's right. And I'm I'm just trying to get up the um the film series. You are trying to get it up, aren't you? Um <laughs> very fitting. I would describe this movie if if it weren't for there's like two scenes which I can I think showcase the fact that this is a um French film made in nineteen seventy four that really pushed the boundaries. Were it not for those two quite dicey scenes, I would I would like highly recommend anyone to watch this. It's just like a really good movie. Yeah, you know, I uh, I've got them here now. I'm inclined to agree. Like it is, it's also there's something so Guy Montgomery about the start as well. When I first put it on, there's something about her and her little French kitchen preparing your toast with your sliced apple and your tea with the water that's boiling in a pot on the stove and then transferring it over to the tray and then walking over to the white leather couches to just kind of luxuriate in the sitting room with these lush greenhouse plants everywhere it felt very guy Montgomery to me that like is- this was sort of you and your ultimate form I think is and then and then to sit down and look through very tasteful nude photography of yourself. I was like I can see in 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 the best version of how things pan out for Guy, this is it. This is a version of it.
1: There's no denying to him, that is high praise and aspirational stuff. It's it's like it's just it's very tasteful and it's adult, not just in its um uh, in the fact that it's a soft core, like a, a skin flick, but also like the themes, I guess, or there's no real story dropped in, there's no sci fi element, there's no like really
0: intense movie, <laughs> there's, there's no um sexual energy generator that yeah. propels the crew yeah. through yeah. a wormhole like on a blimp. In this one,
1: Emmanuel, this sort of woman who's interested in sex and sexuality and exploring that within herself travels to Thailand to to stay at the embassy with her husband, who's sort of... She's got- in... I think she's in Bangkok, though. Bangkok I, is it- in Thailand. Oh, my bad. <laughs> That's right. Um, I've been there. And they have this sort of open... Is it an open marriage? Well, it is.
0: This is see, this is the beautiful thing. So... What you find out about Emmanuel is that um, she was a virgin until she met her husband. Her husband's a little bit older than her. The dude reads as, like, the most suave 45-year-old Frenchman you've ever seen, and then he he drops the line that he's 32, and you're like, oh, fucking hell. I Um, found
1: it, yeah, I mean, I found it incredibly confronting to be older than that guy.
0: Yeah, which we definitely mentioned in the first go-round of this as well, and how could you not? It really resonates how badly you're doing in life when you see this motherfucker traipsing around in his, I think it's an E-type Jack. Or something, um, around around the streets of Thailand. But he's got this. Young, so he, it, it seemed very kind of like um, aristocratic that uh, it was f- friends of parents brought together at a house party in France, and then yeah. he sort of caught her eye, and then um, he uh, deflowered her, as they put it, in his in his car a couple of weeks later, and they got married. And then so it's like she's been she she is sort of presented as this. She's a young adult, but in a very childlike way. In the first bit of the movie, she's always wearing like pristine white dresses. She's very delicate. She's very there's all these scenes and situations where she's scared all the time in the first half of the movie. Like they go to a marketplace and he goes out to buy like I don't know, some food or something and she gets overwhelmed by all the kids trying to sell her flowers and someone um, draining the blood out of a chicken. Yeah, yeah.
1: She seems like she her she may have been coddled in her beautiful French sunroom.
0: And she even gets freaked out by like the the bitches at the pool, you know, yeah, <laughs> the pool yeah. bitches. But like the, the other the wives of the other um, the, Europeans. Uh, there. The th-
1: the actual plot is it's all just there's no real story beats. It's all just like she's I'm trying to learn about myself and I'm trying to oh, figure out who I want to fuck and how I want to fuck them.
0: I wouldn't say that though. I reckon they're. I just think that the plot is about her. It's it's like so. It's not about. Um, This isn't the Avengers, you know what I mean? Mm. This isn't about like external forces driving a, a story through. It's about this development of this woman and her kind of suspecting at the start of the film that there's more to life. And then sort of pursue it's like the Matrix, man. She's like, Man, there's something else out there, and she's sort of been searching for it in the same way that Neo is sort of looking for Morpheus, but isn't quite sure even what he's looking for. So, I guess, in this analogy, Morpheus is ultimately Mario, who's like this 70 year old, impeccably dressed. I don't know what he does for this a job, but European I guess he's another s- ambassador guru who lives <laughs> in Thailand, s- s- and all of
1: like all of the women get funneled to Mario to learn about yeah. how to fuck good.
0: He's a, he's described, I think, as a, um, a scientist of eroticism. Yeah. He, like, definitely would not get vaccinated. No. No. <laughs> um, he would consider it a full-on affront to his personhood. Yeah. And
1: he, yeah, like, but all of that is, all of it is, it's still conceptual. Like, it's all about personal development. Whereas... And it's interesting as well, it's all about Emmanuel. And then as the franchise goes on through the years, all of a sudden they feel like they either run out of um ideas or puff to actually concentrate the stories around Emmanuel and her exploration of sexuality and they just use her as a as an access point to like you know, to explore the sexuality of everyone around her. And she's a facilitator I, of other people.
0: I think trying to reinvent the wheel the wheel forty six times. By yeah. re exploring like a specific character's sexuality and more and opening up would be um, an exercise in futility. Although a really <laughs> a really intense creative problem to try and solve every movie. Well,
1: can I ask you what do you think just Jacqueline and um, Sylvia Christel would make of say the Emmanuel through time series where Emmanuel's to, where she's on this you know double dildo blimp. With a sex generator and her own Emmanuel.tv station or website.
0: Honestly, I think uh, I'm glad that she wasn't alive to see it. I, I'm pretty sure she died before that series started, but she was alive for um, Emmanuel in space. I'm pretty sure because that was like really late '90s, maybe early 2000s, mid 2000s. Mm. Um, I no, I think she'd be horrified. I don't. I I kind of got the feeling that Sylvia Kristel. I mean cuz we read we did an episode where we did a little digging and she I think wrote a memoir and she said that she, it kind of ruined certain aspects of her life so I don't think she was totally yeah. um attached and enamored with the the creative property and franchise of Emmanuel so I think she probably wasn't that connected but to compare like this movie <laughs> with 95% of all the other ones we've seen is like so fucked yeah it's, it's really... Um, this is a really good movie. Like, I, I enjoyed watching it. It's just kind of... It's just beautiful and tasteful. It's, it is. And the writing is incredible as well. Like, I wrote down a bunch of these lines. Oh, this one just cracked me up. <laughs> is it true you never cheated on your husband? I said I never cheated on him in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> that Be- was good. Because she did cheat on him twice on an airplane. Like yeah, in- but was... This is Emmanuel. Sorry, yeah, just yeah. so everyone's caught up who hasn't seen the movie for the second time uh, recently. Um, who's she talking to at that point? It's one of the pool bitches. Uh,
1: that, yeah, is she is talking to the, the young woman one? or is she just the, younger,
0: talk- the lollipop one?
1: Yeah. Uh, I that plane scene, by the way. So it, it's told in flashback, but basically Emmanuel's husband kind of gets to have sex with who he wants while he's at the embassy in Thailand, and there's an implied openness to their relationship where he's like, and you get to do it. You want to. And that, that applies all the way up until she actually starts doing that. And then he, <laughs> yeah. he's like, Oh, I don't know about all this, yeah. but um, the plane ride over, she's sitting there and there's a guy she likes to look of, and he likes to look at her. And they sort of, it's actually quite an erotic scene. Uh, and they start having sex on the plane, Maybe under a blanket, I can't remember. It's not really under a blanket, just to get No, it. no, sort she of gets publicly. a blanket oh, so that she can kind of yep. reveal
0: her side to him.
1: And they're sort of like, um, they're, they're going at it. And that's in and of itself, in a porno, it's a functional scene. But then the, there's this guy in the background of shot who sees what's happening, and we hmm. see him seeing what hap- what's happening. And then there's this like incredibly, what I would say has probably now been reappropriated as like a comedy zoom Um like this incredible crash zoom in on his face when he sees what's happening and wants a slice of the action. It's like a, it's like a camera technique that's used a lot in succession and, uh, sort of all of Armando Iannucci's shows and stuff. Yeah. I feel like
0: maybe Adam McKay uses this sort of thing as well. It's like a, a cool. Yeah. I don't know. I can't even remember what movie is in my head right now, but like Brad Pitt's wearing glasses and he's in the back Oh, actually I think it's oceans 11, um, So that's a... uh, Steven uh, Soderbergh. Yeah, Soderbergh film. But it's just kind of like, yeah, not enough Zooms in in movies today. Everyone got too scared of using them because I think some really good comedy movies grabbed hold of it and were like, hey, this is fucking fun. And well, everyone's too yeah. scared to use them. I, I don't know if it's Succession a comedy. did beat. bring them back.
1: I don't know if it's a comedy beat in the movie, but it's since it reads as such because of the time that, when we're watching this film. And I just loved that zoom Like I loved that scene. and I loved that zoom so much. I was like, "Yeah, this guy is going to get it." And so what happens next, Monty? Well, once Emmanuel finishes with um, plane Suiter passenger, a. plane passenger one, she uh, w- the guy comes over and picks her up. The crash. scoops her up in his arms. And they walk to the bathroom and then they have sex there. And those are the yeah. two times she cheated on her husband.
0: It's a real um TARDIS situation as well because you see the door to that bathroom on the airplane. You're like, this doesn't look big enough to fit two people in a camera crew. But then suddenly we're inside it and it's a regular ass-sized bathroom. That's right. Luckily for us, because we need to watch two people have sex. Wow, it was, they're flying first class. You've got to assume if you're, if it's you're
1: true. part of the embassy, the French Embassy, you're, you're going to be flying first class.
0: Great use of magazines in this movie. There's um, there's a shot of uh, – so so there's a, one of the – I shouldn't call them pool bitches. That does definitely sound offensive now that I've said it for the seventh time. Um, the, the woman by the pole – Harpies. Uh, one, of, one of them is this uh, young girl who's always sucking on a lollipop because um, it turns old men on by her yeah. own admission. And uh, she comes around to Emmanuel's house to have a chat to her, and then masturbate in front of her. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's, and she's doing. She's sure.
1: really like forward, and she's really horny for Emmanuel. <laughs> this guy,
0: yeah, for someone who she's met once, and then turns up at her house and is like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm just gonna have a quick. So uh, she turns uh, up at her house him. and
1: Emmanuel's sleeping, and she's like, "Okay, well, first yeah. of all, I want to check that out." And then yeah. Emmanuel doesn't take issue with it. And they go out. And then she's like, Hey, Manuel, you got any photos of you and your husband doing it? Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> Emmanuel's like, No. And then she's like, she's Okay, like, well, uh, okay.
1: Well, I'll just masturbate to this magazine then.
0: Yeah. And then there's this great shot of this like handsome, rich, clean cut polo shirt wearing 45 year old dude. And it's just resting on her knee pointing at her crotch and he's just got this big toothy smile like looking into her crotch while she masturbates yeah it's a great shot so now and then the other the other magazine use is uh when jean who's emmanuel's husband goes so there's this one of the other paul woman is this older woman who is just relentlessly hitting on emmanuel the entire movie and when emmanuel finally takes up jean's offer to like go and be a free spirit she falls in love with an archaeologist called b mm-hmm. and uh so they fuck off and go horseback riding and fuck in the wilderness it's That's great awesome. jean loses his goddamn mind yeah. and starts door knocking to go and find out where she's gone uh goes to the older woman's house to to find out emmanuel's whereabouts and there's a um they end up fucking by the way jean and the older woman how and there's know? a me- there's a magazine open on the table while he's just absolutely railing her that's just open with a page saying help is on its way, just like pointed completely at the camera. It's, <laughs> and it's like, there's such a cool, I don't know, just these little things that you forget you're allowed to do in movies, like zoom in on someone or just really explicitly have these funny kind of, you know, visual gags just, by opening magazine pages I guess up.
1: It's just such a soft and tasteful touch is, is all through this movie. Compared to the sort of like green screen hammer that is taken to us in the franchises as, as time marches on, it, it's really um... know so interesting. I'd love like to analyse the sex scenes through the through the years with you, Tim. These are all sort of like I suppose a lot of the eroticism in these scenes is rooted in the established attraction of the characters to each other. Whereas, yeah. like as the as as the franchise continues into the almost present day and porn in general, all of them, it's like, we know you don't care about how these people know each other, but they're both attractive and we will make them have sex for you.
0: I would venture to say that much like real life, the secret is you have a bit of foreplay in there. Mm. You know, you got to set some stuff up. You've got to have context, light a few candles, put some Barry White on, you know, set the tone. And this movie does a great job of, just by virtue of being a well-made film, setting the tone and like the writing is so good. Like I wrote down a, a, a bunch of the lines. Um, Why don't you just share some of your
1: favorites with us, Tim?
0: It was so refreshing coming from these other movies to be like, oh, this is actual, this is cinema. Um, oh, Okay. So here's one. So Emmanuel, when she's, She's crying to Jean, so she's gone out and had this tryst with B. And B, they've they've made love, but then B's like, "I don't love you. I'm not in love with you." Yeah. And Emmanuel is very in love with B, um, and B is leaving the next day as well to go back. How home. do you
1: feel about the way B handles herself and all that?
0: I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite hurtful. Like it's not you know it's not very good yeah, for Emmanuel. Like, but
1: I feel like she's she's up front. She's honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she is. She's she sort of spurs um Emmanuel a few times. Yeah. And then she's like, Hey, you wanna jump in the Jeep? Fucking come whatever. Yeah, Go for it. Yeah. Come come check out my um gravel pit. <laughs> check out my gravel pit. <laughs> Cause she's an archaeologist. Yeah. Um And then so she says, uh, Emmanuel then returns home And Jean finds her eventually Just crying in a, in a puddle And he says It's much better this way Oh so she says That I, I can't play the game Of being an adult Like it's just yeah. It's beyond her capabilities And Jean says It's much better this way It would only hurt you Traditional couples Only experience power struggles Passionate love is not for us It's too sad And humiliating <laughs> Forget this woman You must go and get revenge In the arms of someone else It's the only answer Pretty
1: uh, Pretty You know, after Jean's behavior when Emmanuel doesn't come home one night, you got to hand it to him. Pretty open minded response to the the situation (laughs) at hand.
0: He freaked out because I think he was threatened that maybe she was in the arms of another fella. But then when he found out that it was a woman, he's like, you got to get back on that horse, find another Sheila.
1: Yeah. Men are so funny like that, aren't they? A woman could never be more attracted to a woman than me, a man.
0: Here's another great line, guy. I think this is the older woman saying it to Emmanuel, um, when she gets very like frustrated. At Emmanuel's constant kind of titillation, but not going through with stuff and just being yeah. annoying. And she says, "You're like you are going through life like a baby waiting for her first cold." Yeah, that's great. You like that? Yeah, I did. Do you it, feel it that's applicable awesome. in your own life? Uh, no, I don't think so. But I can, I can. I, I know people who that applies to, you know, people who are just waiting for something bad to happen so they can be like, oh, God, and now this other thing. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, if you're fucking waiting for the bad thing to happen, it probably will.
1: I love that. It's sort of... um It's also... There's a, a touch of Hamlet about it, isn't there? Yeah. Hamlet, Hamlet was uh, plagued by indecision, and then life makes decisions for you. You've got to be an active participant in your own life. I mean... The lessons we're taken away from this movie, are honestly, this is what I'm
0: saying. inspiring. It's great. There's there's a, there's a lot to get out of it. Oh, okay. No, this this I think hands down is my favourite, and really speaks to you know if I can return to seventh form English, the themes of this movie. Shit, yeah, dude. Um. So this is when it is suggested to Emmanuel that she needs to go and hang out with fuckboy Boy Mario. Fuckboy, boy, it's your number one fuckboy. boy. Fuck master Mario. Grandmaster. And, uh, fuck. She's not she's not taking it as seriously as she needs to. And so the older woman, when they're um in the changing room of the squash court and she's like, You you need to go hang up with Mario, she's like, I don't know. What even is, you know, the deal with this Mario? I can't remember what Emmanuel says, but she's disparaging about it. And then the older woman grabs her by her chin <laughs> so she'll pay attention. And she says, when you are young, you make love naturally. But at Mario's age, it's poetry. It's something you want, something you think of and decide. That is eroticism. I actually really liked that quote as well. It's fucking good. It's really good. I mean, he does end up taking you to an opium den. Um, but, you know, the idea yeah, yeah. and the flowery language is very enjoyable. Mario's into some pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah, he t- They go on a date and there's um, three locations in the date. And as anyone who listens to good serial killer podcasts know, never follow the person to the second location. Because the first one is dinner, which is great. But then the second one is an opium den. And the third one is um, a Thai well, boxing... Yeah. Cockfight.
1: Yeah. And that, but that's like, to, 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 uh, both Mario and Emmanuel's credit, that's when she, like, has a breakthrough. He's like, there are two people here. The winner will have sex with you. And she's like, okay. And he's like, which one do you like? She's like, I like that guy. And then he wins, presumably spurred on a a little bit by her, her desire. And she's so overwhelmed that
0: he wins that she starts, like, does she lick the blood off his. she sure does. Yeah. He's got an open cut on the side of his head. And she gives a little lick.
1: It's kind of gross, but I guess kind of horny.
0: <laughs> in, the, in, in context, I think that's about um, the 80th minute of a 90-minute film. I think they've earned it by that stage. They've done enough work. To I, earn that. What do
1: you think about the line, Tim? I wrote it down, um, which is Mario's advice during the date, and it becomes a bit of a refrain. And it is I, almost a central question that's asked in this film. The couple should be outlawed, and a third per- and a third person introduced by force. I mean. So it's initially it's a line, but then later on it's repeated like oh, ad infinitum. What do you make of that?
0: I think like there, uh, I would be willing to listen to an argument about the first bit. Yeah, <laughs> of of the prospect yeah. of the couple should be outlawed. It's like okay, I get that some people think that monogamy is not something that um humans it's not are natural it's supposed to sort of engage in or it's limiting or something like that but but for a third person to be introduced by force it does, doesn't yeah. sound too tenable to it, me it, it
1: does feel like two separate arguments that he's <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. like he just put the trailer on the first one where he's like okay here's one thing about couples and you go okay and then while he has your air he's like and also yeah, yeah. then you reckon it's a third like, person
0: should be forced in there Roast chicken is awesome and so is slavery. It's like, hold on, hold on. You yeah, can't yeah. run those two things you can't together. Lure
1: me in with roast chicken and then make me party to your I don't know. Your outrage.
0: Your terrible ideas. I uh
1: Yeah. I, I sort of like I that's what I mean when I think this is an adult movie, it deals with adult themes. I don't think it's perfect, but like it's if if we're not in sex scenes we're sort of in between the build up to sex scenes and the stuff that they're talking about is all about like the character's relationship to sexuality and and how they mm. relate to each other and it's kind of um i guess it's just a it's a it's a refresh on where the franchise started and it's also like a, a palate cleanser after having consumed the entirety of the franchise to be like you know this is this is where we started it was not um High tech, low spec. Uh, you know, fuck blimps. It was just a bunch of French people in Thailand running around having sex with each other and seeing how it made them feel. Yeah, and yeah, there's there's something I guess beautifully simple about that.
0: Do you? What do you make, Guy, of the journey we've taken through Emmanuel? Is a sort of allegory to the journey cinema has made over a similar epoch, from uh, 1974 to now, where it's like the movies used to be about something, and now it's the eighth Spider-Man reboot. Well, d- with yeah, a dude, I,
1: I, I suppose you can not overlay, you know, cinema to the Emmanuel franchise, where it's like the 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 movies used to be a. About something, and then now I guess the movies are about making sure people want to watch the movie.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good description.
1: Like, all the movie, Like, so many of the movies that come out now, I just feel like the the creation process behind them is very cynical. And it's like, you know, if we put X, Y, and Z together, that means this many people will want to watch it. Whereas this movie was like, if we... As I've said, if we film a bunch of French people in Thailand having sex with each other and seeing how that makes them feel, that might be pretty interesting. And it's not going to be for everyone, but the people who it is for are going to really yeah. connect to it.
0: I think it would be foolish for us to overlook the fact that good movies do still exist. But oh. I think they're in a completely different – they're way less accessible than they used to be. And when I say good, you know, fucking don't, don't at me, you dicks. You know what I'm talking at about. Him. At him. He's um, dying
1: to be edited. Anyone who says "don't yeah, at no. me" is absolutely begging for an atting. I like. Is, I also feel like I guess to to probably blow a little bit too much smoke up the journey of the arsehole we've been on
0: is like no, it's fun it, to imbue ma- ma- our nonsense with meaning.
1: Marvel represents like modern cinema for for yeah. for better or worse, and it feels like just from what I see online that even the Marvel Cinematic Universe is at in an inflection point where. Maybe it's just the the my the echo chambers I haunt, but people are like, okay, I'm ready for something different now.
0: Does that if fit- had a real? It just, it, if you're speaking, I mean, purely like, I mean, financially certainly, but just the bulk of eyeballs over the past 15 years, they've had a total stranglehold over. Over movie theatres And it has literally been to the detriment of any other kinds of films (laughs) Like coming out in the same way Like coming out for a mainstream cinema release Like a wide cinema release So now everything has to And to compete with that Now you've got to be like James Bond Or a James Bourne film Or a a Jason Bourne film Or um, some big established character That studios are not afraid to bank on Just facing off against each other it is fucking boring everything is everything is funny now
1: and it's exhausting
0: yeah 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 it's like everything you know
1: marvel movies are as much comedy as they are just action or entertainment films and i'm like but they're not actually funny they just acknowledge comedic beats exist and write them into their movies
0: Maybe this is our turning point where we turn into Rialto goers. Where we are the uh pinon noir sipping sixty year old woman that we see in the lobby of when when we go when we're to lining a up for cats. independent film. <laughs> yeah, when we go to cats, exactly. Maybe we don't go to it cats we're going, anymore. Maybe we was, was seeing some like touching Colin Firth, you know, coming yeah. of old age story. That's gonna be us now. And we're going to be trying to convince all these people under the age of forty to go to movies with. Um, I'm not afraid of it. I don't. I don't even know who these old actors are, but they're always British. I'll tell you that for well, free.
1: I even even think about it in the context of like the the journey that our Patreon um, Deciders Club have sent us on and the movies we've watched. Like if you trace it back, the most interesting ones have been like Zardos, yeah, and uh, all these movies from like I guess the seventies through the eighties that were just so fucking off the wall yeah that it's harder to come by in the and you know in the the holy mountain is the other one i was trying to think of
0: um oh yeah yeah that's right yeah holy, holy mountain zados i feel like there was another like semi-recent totally batshit insane one as well in the mix that was a similar era but they're all so good and so fun yeah zados man Sean Connery in a codpiece fighting also, aliens. Oh, fuck It's yeah. also
1: interesting to think now, like, so this movie came out in 1974. We've since mm. traipsed through um, all of the Emmanuel franchise, and we did carry on Emmanuel recently. That was a movie that came out in 1978. So I think maybe there'd been two Emmanuel films, but that is that was largely like a response to this. So I guess mm. just connecting those dots. Makes a little bit more sense to me because we watched Carry On Emmanuel after we'd seen all of Emmanuel, and it was like,
0: "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, it does. It doesn't change the fact that it was um, terrible, Yeah,
1: awful, awful,
0: but, awful, but awful. Yeah. Hey, was Carry On the Marvel Cinematic Universe of its day?
1: No, but it was. It, it was a scary movie. It paid like there was a before Marvel. Because Marvel, like Marvel, also kind of hoovered up the. They became self-referential, parodying. They, I feel like they kind of hoovered up. Like, maybe there was not a not another franchise. Yes, that was everywhere for was a while.
0: There, is it the Wayans? Did they make them? Uh
1: they did scary did they movie, do... which was like parallel too. But I don't think they did right. all the not Another's.
0: others. Yeah, fuck you, Marvel. You don't get to be the big, huge juggernaut and be self-referential like the thing is go fuck yourself i guess they you can't do. you can't just wrap your um i don't know your big bank balance did you, ever, and did you ever watch that new space jam movie no i didn't i heard it was terrible i was quite excited to see it but yeah. um then I'd, I'd which is bad i shouldn't listen to reviews because i frequently see movies that are poorly reviewed and fucking love them um that but, was like but that wasn't just reviewers that was everyone no that's right that's a good point yeah and everyone said it was like a shitty cash grab. Yeah, yeah. Or it was just like it was a uh, um with an oversexualized CGI bunny. No,
1: desexualized CGI bunny. Everyone was Wait, everyone uh, was getting really? pissed off because they made um Lola Rabbit's tits tit smaller. <laughs> 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 no, that was like they played the highlights reel of the Warner Brothers intellectual property. Was what was that movie was about? It was like, look at all these characters we own.
0: Do you remember Porky Pig? No. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Do you remember LeBron James? Yeah. Okay. He's, he's in still
1: it. going, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah, true. it's been like, it's been a lot of work this season. It's been, I'm not going to lie, a slog. And mm-hmm. uh, I know that we've still got a James Bond film to watch as like a button, but it's very satisfying to have it in the rearview mirror. And it is like, I think revisiting this does contextualize it and add, I mean, and I'm probably retrofitting this, but it does add value to think about, you know, a study of, to an extent, a study of porn and of cinema and of like one intellectual property and the way you can stretch it across decades.
0: Can I say this as well, Guy? Um, Imagine, if you will, shut your eyes for a minute and take yourself back to when we started this, which I think was actually over a year ago and instead of embarking on a whole season of watching the Emmanuel movies where it does change every week but it's in a franchise imagine if we had done no I want you to remember every lockdown that we've had imagine if we had just done one movie like normal mm. across this whole span i i i think we would be in a very seriously bad way <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we always toy with some maximum fucked up ideas. Like, what if we just did another year of um, Sex in the City too? Can you imagine if we had pulled the trigger on on doing that for the last year that we've experienced?
1: It's. I mean, I might be dead. It, yeah, that's a difficult question because obviously the person in me, um, knows we've made the right decision and that that would be genuinely ruinous um, the comedian in me is like that's a pretty good bit
0: I think it would have been too much truly I don't think it would have been a fun funny <laughs> listen um, particularly like the say the last three months I think would have been I don't think we would have been very talkative and I think it would have been very dark
1: yeah and At I, least. And, yeah, and you know what? Like, there is. I think um, you're right. It would have been too dark because, amongst like, you know, like uh, as as weird as it is, this podcast is escapism for our one libertarian listener, and so mm. I think to only represent like inside of already a challenging year to represent the worst of ourselves and bring out the worst in each other would be a um, a harrowing.
0: Forty five dollars upfront for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is
1: Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which
0: Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombas.com slash
1: ACAST, code ACAST.
0: Um, now, earlier you remembered the line, uh, the couple should be outlawed and a third person should be introduced by force. I can hear someone absolutely knocking on the door in a way where it feels like it's going to break off the hinges. Hello! Hello! <laughs> hi boner inspector how are you doing Ah, uh, i uh i thought uh, uh, i thought i was george <laughs> yeah actually i think you might be <laughs> sorry george lazenby uh, um i beg your pardon we we've got two um frequenters i know, you know i yourself, know you've, and the inspector just and me. you've never met i and understand your similar statures and uh sometimes I, I don't have my wits Well, about me. you
1: know, we've got similar voices, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I never really thought about that before, but you do kind of have similar voices. Incredibly.
1: Hard to distinguish.
0: Yeah. yeah. And um, how, how are you, world's greatest listener? Oh,
1: I've been pretty good. That's good. Yeah, man. Just been uh, learning how to stand up paddleboard.
0: Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun new skill to learn at age, mm, I want to say 80. Seven or so?
1: Oh, come on, Tim. You know I'm not 87.
0: No, that's right. I know for sure that you are 82 years old and <laughs> celebrated your most recent birthday on the 5th of September.
1: Remember, remember, the 5th of September. Yes. Ah, oh, it's been
0: great. Just good to get out there on the ocean, you know, and just, just stand up. It's it's so nice. I guess you're doing the ultimate listening, listening to the ocean. Well, and I've been listening
1: to myself. And I, I just feel cooped up. And, you know, for too long, I've let this boner dominate what activities I do. I only wear, you know, uh,
0: basically... I'm, Sorry, what did you What did you say? You let this what dominate? Boner. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. What did you think I said? I didn't know. I genuinely oh, didn't yes. know. But this makes a lot of sense. I probably could have put that together in my head.
1: Well, I just think it's time to let my freak flag fly.
0: Are you naked on the pedal board when you're No, out I here? wear board shorts, but they can't contain my uh, manhood. No. What? Yeah, I'm just trying to put a mental image together. Well,
1: it depends how close you are. But it's been said that from the beach, if I'm far enough offshore, yeah. it sort of looks like a really thin mast.
0: Oh.
1: Yuck. <laughs> but if you get up close, it is unmistakably my six-foot flesh wand.
0: <laughs> Wowee. Does it aid you in um, balancing on the board? Do you think, or is depends it depends like which uh, way the
1: wind bl- winds blowing, man? Oh, true.
0: I mean, it's very thin. I can't imagine it catches the breeze too much. Very thin.
1: Show me yours. No, I'm not saying for Show a penis. Me yours. I'm saying
0: for a, I'm saying for a wind sail.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's more a place to hang a wind sail off. Yeah. Sometimes I'll lie down on the very end of the board so that I can mm-hmm. tuck it into the water, and it serves as a sort of rudder.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's um, a lot of fun. George, I've got a porno to pitch to you. It runs deep enough in some water that I come
1: back up with mollusks on my cock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, shit. But well,
1: please, no, I'd love to listen.
0: Um, Imagine, if you will, that we made a pornographic film It didn't focus every minute on the grisly business of bumping uglies, Mm -hmm. but instead spent a good amount of time on developing characters through a skillful script. Mm. um, Spent some time composing an original soundtrack that met the mood of uh, sensuality featuring a lot of sort of string orchestra And uh, French accordion. I'm very intrigued. Uh, We had a leading lady who went through a journey of sexual discovery, sort of a metamorphosis from a sexy caterpillar into a sexy butterfly by the end. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the film is a sexy chrysalis stage. Oh, I do love a
1: chrysalis. Sometimes I just imagine what it would feel like to, to immerse myself in a chrysalis.
0: Well, this movie is going to show you that journey, uh, metaphorically instead of the transformation from caterpillar to butterfly, it's from, um, I don't want to say virgin per se. She's our central character has had a version of sex, but not the sort of transcendent soul defining physical experience that is opened up to her by the end of the film. Um, she is guided through this process, uh, by several characters. Yes. Her husband, who is an ambassador, helps along the way. Oh. There's an older woman who's uh, very sexually interested in our leading lady. Yes. There's a couple of younger women. Yes, who yes, yes, feature yes, prominently yes, as well, yes, yes. including an archaeologist. This sounds kind of familiar. Uh, I, I don't know why it would. Um,
1: Have you watched- Have you seen all my movies?
0: Yeah, I think I have.
1: And have you seen the intellectual property that surrounds the movies I've been in?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a different question. Uh, Probably not all of it. Some of it? Some of it, sure. What are you driving at, George Lazenby? Nothing in particular. Carry on. George Robert Lazenby, born 5th of September 1939. Oh,
1: you know the way to a man's heart, and it's through his long, thin cock.
0: (laughs) I really thought you were going to say middle name. (laughs) kind of gutted that you didn't. Um, Anywho, what I'm saying is we're going to make The Fly, if you've seen that particular sci-fi movie, but instead of turning into a fly... Uh, the woman is going to turn into a sexual butterfly.
1: When the woman's a sexual butterfly. Yes. Does she want to have sex with people or butterflies?
0: Both. Next question. Does she have wings? Yes, beautiful wings at the end of the, vo- uh, the movie.
1: When she has sex with a butterfly, is she too
0: big? Yes, she is. So it's in that way quite a sad tale of unrequited love, um, because of the physical limitations of being attracted to butterflies when you're not the size of an insect anymore.
1: Kind of like B movie.
0: Kind of like B movie guy. You know, B movie heartbreaking (laughs) heartbreaking tale of Jerry Seinfeld, the size of about a thumbnail, pursuing the romantic interests of a human sized woman. Is it Renee? Because she is a human woman. Is it Renee Zellweger? I don't know. I've not seen it. What's she up to these days? It's a good question. Uh, George Lazenby, I know that she sort of shocked the world by looking slightly different than she used to look. Yeah, I um, don't, about I, a year ago. I
1: don't like it when people do that.
0: Yeah, the whole uh, world was really taken off guard. Yeah, it turned out. She well, you know, that's our different. business, not hers. Yes, How indeed. she
1: looks impacts me more than anyone. I'm George Lazenby. <laughs>
0: Yes. I want quite so.
1: everyone to run it by me when they change their if it's even so much as a new haircut or a trim. Anyway George, I like the it. fuck
0: the fuck butterfly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fuck a fly? It's kind of confusing. I'd like it if we could scale up the size of some of the butterflies and the uh the caterpillars so that people could fuck them or they could fuck people. But otherwise okay. I think you're onto a winner.
0: Uh so now I'm thinking we sort of borrow some elements from. I think there was a sequel to Rick Moranis's Honey I Shrunk the Kids, which was Honey I Blew Up the Kids, where they all become giants. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. An enlargement ray is what I'm saying. So if we can kind of get that in the mix to blow up these insects, then you you're in. Yes,
1: yeah, so if we can if we can get both Rick Moranis. And the technology that he used in Honey, I blew up ourselves, or whatever the fuck. Is,
0: yeah, I think that is what it's called. Here's the thing: I don't know if that man's acting anymore. Yeah, he 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 stepped back because I think he suffered a a personal tragedy. Uh, I believe his um, the mother of his children might have passed away, and he decided to invest the rest of his sort of you know full time into making sure that his boys, I want to say, um, were doing okay. One of the good
1: ones, that Rick. <laughs> He's the guy who yeah. actually got me into um, supping. What's supping? Stand up It's boarding. It's, uh, it's a cl- oh. sort of a colloquial application of the acronym. Gotcha. gotcha. Tim, I would love yes. to fuck a butterfly on screen. I'm honored okay. you asked.
0: Right, right, right. Um, I am in the movie, right? You are certainly in the movie. Uh, you're voicing one of the caterpillars.
1: No, oh, no, but I'm also in the movie as...
0: As a person, right? I mean, I hadn't sort of had you pegged. I just think it's going to be difficult to shoot around the fact that you've got a permanent erection.
1: Why? It's a it's an erotic film.
0: It is an erotic film. Did you know? But... I mean, I I
1: thought you watched the latest Emmanuel today, didn't they? Uh, that sex scientist Mario say that eroticism is an erection, not an orgasm.
0: Yes, but he didn't have an erection while he was that saying that we could the see line. that we could see, but I'm saying this is the the problem George, you have sort of a unique physicality to you Thank which you. I think is really, I look really hard on my body. I just recently to got into stand
1: up paddleboarding.
0: Yes, yeah, so I gather um based on the fact that you told me I use my cock ago. as a rudder. Listen, do you want to voice the fucking caterpillar or not? Do I get merchandising rights? Yeah, you, you can get some points off the back end of the merchandise, yeah.
1: I own all of the merchandise for my character.
0: Who the fuck do you think you are? George fucking Lazenby. Yeah, right, you get the merch. And I get
1: points on the back of all the other merch too.
0: Yeah, that's fine.
1: And I get a walk-on rollers as myself.
0: You're financing this movie, so I'm going to say yes to that also. Nice, nice, nice. But that has got to be the final stipulation. This is our deal. Handshake? And if I,
1: if I do, if I like fuck a chrysalis or something on set, you can't, I can't get in trouble.
0: You're really jeopardizing your title of the world's greatest listener right now, I feel. Pardon? Total merchandising funds for your character's merch. Points on all the other merchandise. A walk-on role as yourself, voicing the caterpillar that fucks a lot. And This is it. This is the package.
1: And I get to have sex with the Chrysalis on set and you don't get to say anything bad about it.
0: No, I'm not agreeing to that because I think that might be a union issue and I can't make that decision okay. on their behalf. Okay. You play hard but fair. I'm in. Okay, great. Thanks, George. See you later. Man, he um he's a good negotiator to his credit. He really played hardball there. <laughs> he really did. The secret to any great negotiation is being a powerful listener, so it does make sense that George Lazenby would be an excellent deal maker. Out of nowhere. Boner inspector Oh fuck. Hey man, I th- hi. <laughs> Forgot you existed. Well, I understand it's my last chance. Last chance saloon. Um, Boner Inspector, it's so nice to see you. And I think you. I say that every time you emerge, and I mean it absolutely every time. We are wrapping up this season of the podcast, which I think means we won't get to hang out with you as much. Oh, and I just, that's such a shame. I know. On behalf of Guy and myself, I just want to thank you so much for um, joining us as a guest host uh, of this season of the podcast. It's been so cool having you on all the yeah, time. Yeah, we've loved it, man. We've you. loved your
1: energy every time. Yeah. Such good energy.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, We're if a man energy. does what a man can. Yes. Um. So Boner Inspector, normally you, you come around here inspecting boners Yes,
1: looking for boners
0: Yeah uh, So, I mean, listen man We watched a very erotic 70s French Nice, uh, nice Titties A uh, lot of titties man Ass A little bit of ass, yeah Cock and pussy Even, uh, No, not what I would describe as cock and or pussy But Quite a lot of muff, like even in the opening three minutes of the film. Nothing wrong with a bit of muff. Indeed. Yeah, I thought that you might have that opinion. Um, So what I'm here to tell you is that we probably watched the most sexy film uh, of the entire season. Yes, please. Uh, And I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I did not get an erection while watching this film. I'm so sorry. Well, I don't understand. I got a mind boner. For how good the movie was. Conceptually, you were aroused. Yeah. I'll write that down. Thank you. Uh,
1: Look, man. Monster erection the whole time. Huge. Pulsing. Almost fainted. Oh, my God. Seriously? Yeah, 100%. Monster. Monster boner. Monster boner. Okay, I'm going to put some horns on the boner I'm drawing here. Very good. Nice. Yeah, that's good. So um, well, um now you've got a boner on your file. What are you going to do? Retire. Seriously? Yes. A boner inspector only gets to inspect one boner before they must retire. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. The only thing left for me to do is to see it. I... I don't um. Well, we've been talking for a while, and the movie's finished. I don't have it, any you gotta still have it. I I. I don't have it anymore, man. Brainer inspector. Are you okay? I just want to walk
0: free. Oh man, this doesn't seem like a very good way to end a. Episode of a show. <laughs> I guess I'll be on my way. Thanks. Fuck.
1: Thanks See for you, trying, man. fellas. See you, Banner Spectator. I'll miss you. What's that on the horizon? Standing out there on the ocean. It looks like some sort of mast. A flesh mast. Oh, yeah.
0: It's it's George Lazenberg. He recently got into... Um, Stand up paddleboarding. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that a boner? Yeah, man. It's a boner. It is, yeah. All right, I, I've got to go. Yeah, I keep forgetting you guys haven't met. Yeah, go, oh, to, yeah, him. go, go, go to, him. to him. Go to him. Go to him. Oh, that's so nice. See? Ya! We finally got those kids together. Oh, okay. I thought you'd gone. See your boner, Inspector. What a wonderful rap on um those two. And, Guy, I've got some other news for you. I'm scared of it. No, you shouldn't be scared, you should be delighted Rick Moranis has taken quite a long hiatus in film Okay He voiced a character in Brother Bear and Brother Bear 2 called Rutt, Which was a, Brother Bear 2 at least, a direct DVD movie Th- These are not huge endeavours, you know, you can lend your voice to something That's, that's pretty easy, that's, that's cool right. You can kind of do that That was in 2003, 2006 respectively um, before that, he voiced a character in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer in The Island of Misfit Toys in 2001. We know that. Everyone knows uh, that. Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves was in 97. And as far as I can tell, that was the last movie that he was in on camera. But, Guy, I'm delighted to tell you that there is an upcoming project called Shrunk, which is being produced by Walt Disney Pictures. And it is... The story of Rick Moranis' character 30 years after the events of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He has a son who I believe is also a scientist and uh, goes through similar accidental events of shrinking his family. And he's coming back to the big screen, baby. Who should be his collaborator? One of the creators of the
1: original story on which the screenplay is based... And starring opposite Rick Moranis, the great Josh Gad.
0: It just—it felt like an applauding yeah. moment. What's not to love I know, the way you, you said that? I'm excited about that. We all love Rick Moranis, and now we have a new mission: we must boost the sales and performance of Shrunk to um, an unexpected box office performance to let the mouse know that the people love Rick Moranis and he is a bankable Hollywood star. He is a bankable Hollywood star. Yeah. Well, it's all... A fantastic father and a bankable Hollywood star. It's
1: all good news in my book, Tim. And I think that is a beautiful and upbeat place to end what has been an arduous season um, Yeah,
0: nothing says ending a year of watching pornography like a discussion of Rick Moranis's cinematic
1: career. As mentioned, there
0: will be a button to this. We will be watching uh, George Lazenby's Bond. On Her Majesty's Secret Service from 1969. Potentially
1: spending some of the time with uh, the great man himself. Um, But thanks to everyone who's joined us on this really winding And um, ceaselessly and I would almost say needlessly horny And occasionally grotesque season of the podcast
0: Yeah, I would agree with that um, assessment It has been grueling for us And uh, yeah, it's had a lot of twists and turns But I'd like to go out on a song Which we're definitely not allowed to play But I say to the haters vis-a-vis the law Fuck you guys The law winding road that leads to your door will never disappear I've seen that road before